Now begins the real chaos. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Baker. And I'm co-host, Graham Marlin. And easy. Anywhere you need to find us, we'll be there. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us. Tree City. Tree City. Hello and welcome to the Baker Mayfield Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Graham Moen. It's finally Baker time! And we have renamed the podcast as our new Lord and Savior, Baker Mayfield, has taken over as the Browns starting quarterback. No, but for real... Take away our sins, Baker. On the real, uh, the Browns did win a game, and that's... uh, you know, for most back. for most NFL teams, this would be normal. But for the Browns, it is not. They've won a game. The beer fridges are open. It has been drank. There's just Clevelanders are going crazy. They handled it a lot better at the beer coolers than I was expecting. There was, like, people at the coolers, like, handing out beer. Yeah. I was just, like, when I was picturing it, I was picturing just a free-for-all, people just shoving each other for beer. Look, like, man. It was even a national story on CNN. Cleveland's a, Cleveland's a happy place when the Browns are yeah. good, you know? I shouldn't say they're good yet, but they won a game. It was a playoff-like um, atmosphere. It was just because the Browns hadn't won many things, so Many things to discuss here, but we will start off with Baker Mayfield for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So, all the hyperbole aside, he did look really good. He was incredible. He looked really good. Incredible. Um, so, I'll leave you the floor for a moment here, Graham. What did you see and... You know, what do you think expectations should be moving forward? I think what we saw is what we were begging to see out of Tyrod Taylor, who by no by some fault of his own and also because of an injury, which hopefully he is okay with concussion. And now that Baker Mayfield has been named the starting quarterback, he'll be able to he's a professional. He'll sit back, he'll be the backup, he'll help Baker learn. It's unfortunate that that's how it happened, but he wasn't getting the job done. The things we saw in Baker, the things we wish we saw in Tyrod Taylor. He was, from the moment he came in the game, not only did he energize the team, but that offensive line, which looked horrendous early in the game, looked like a Pro Bowl line right off the bat because Baker Mayfield was making quick decisions, he was making good decisions, and he was making decisions based not on just uh, not just on who was open right then and there, but on anticipation. He was anticipating where the players were going to be before he threw the ball. And I don't know, I didn't look at it completely, like whether he went through multiple reads on each play, but every time he got the ball, it was like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, balls out. Like he was, he had no, uh, no worries about throwing that ball in. And there was that one pass in the end zone that should have been picked off when he had bad footwork. He was leaning off the back of his foot. He was squared. It was, he wasn't squared to his target. It should have been picked off and the Browns shouldn't have got a field goal out of that. But the other times he had a couple drop passes uh, he also, but at this, other than that, like he threw balls into tight windows. He recognized where the defense was and w- so where they weren't, he was, he threw a lot of the balls in the middle of the field when the safeties were playing back, like on a pass to Njoku or on passes to Hollywood Higgins or to Jarvis Landry. Like he threw two passes to Jarvis Landry that made me just shocked. There was the one where he threw the ball over the defender to the one yard line. And of course, Jarvis Landry's glue hands made an amazing catch holding and then Carlos Hyde cashed it in from there. And then you have the one later in the game where Jarvis Landry wasn't super open, but as soon as he made the break in his route, Baker Mayfield saw that and threw it right only where he could get it. He was The ball was probably less than six inches away from a defender's hand and threw it into a perfect window to Jarvis Landry. Like, 
the throws with anticipation, the quickness of his decisions, and his willingness to throw the ball into tight windows, you have to do that in the NFL nowadays. There's no, it's not college where everyone is going to be wide open by miles. The only offense right now in the league that's doing that is the Chiefs, and that's a completely different story. The Browns looked like a legitimately good offense when Baker Mayfield stepped on that field because he didn't worry about picking a favorite guy and sticking to him. Jarvis Landry, or not Jarvis Landry, Tyler Taylor threw the ball to two receivers when he was playing. Baker Mayfield threw the ball to seven or eight receivers. It didn't matter who it was. He threw the ball to whoever was open and trusted them to make plays. And for the most part, a lot of them did. Whether it was Antonio Callaway or Hollywood Higgins or Jarvis Landry on big catches. Duke Johnson made finally made some appearances as a pass catcher. Two big catches on third down. One where Baker Mayfield escaped the pocket and made a laser overthrow on the sideline. And one where they just put him out on an island against a linebacker. And let's be real, Duke Johnson's going to win that every single time against the linebacker. The offensive pieces that the Browns had that we were so excited about were unlocked. And it was just something that as a Browns fan, we haven't seen since probably 2007 when Derek Anderson was leading that top offense. And even before that, it's been been forever. It's just, it was so impressive to see how he handled it like a veteran for a guy coming into his first, not even start, just his first action with the team down 14, nothing and looking like they're about ready to crack. Yeah, I think, I saw much of the same that you have mentioned. I mean, the anticipatory throws where a guy is not open yet or even doesn't get open, but the ball is placed in the perfect spot. I mean, ball placement, accuracy, arm arm strength, decision-making, you know. Command of the offense. He He knew what the offense was. He was 17 of 23, and two of his six incompletions were drops. And that's just phenomenal. And I think it's easy to – look at Tyrod Taylor and just blame him for all the problems. But I will say that regardless of whether he held the ball too long, I don't think the offensive line really did him any favors in the first half. No, they were getting pressured um, so but badly I think, by the But I Jets. think part of the reason that, I mean, everyone knows, you know, we've said it on this podcast, for example, that Tyrod Taylor is a low upside option. Mm-hmm. But it shows you that if you have a quarterback who isn't, able to stretch the field and Tyrod Taylor tried to throw downfield this year. He just doesn't have the arm strength or accuracy to do so. Yeah. I mean, he missed success. Antonio Callaway on yeah. a wide open pass. Yeah. If, if Baker Mayfield was in there for that play, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah. Cause Antonio um, Callaway had a couple plays this game where he burned. Oh yeah. Opposing defense. I think Callaway, I, I think speed. Callaway is the guy who's going to have the biggest, uh, you know, effect for Baker Mayfield playing. And has a Percy Harvin vibe to him. Yeah. A little bit. So yeah, you know, Tyrod Taylor, we, we we know this. We know he doesn't have huge upside, and we know that if you're unable to go down the field as you want to, the defense is going to press up, and when they press up, your running game is not going to be what it needs to be. And that's the thing with Tyrod Taylor is he's a, you know, he's a perfectly capable game manager and a guy who, if you have a good running game and some talented players to make yards after the catch, you can have an average NFL offense. But the you know the Browns we've discussed have improved their playmaking, but they don't have enough to where Tyrod Taylor can kind of just throw the short balls and let everyone else do their work. You know, the Browns still need, you know, playmaking. So I think the number one thing you saw with Baker Mayfield is above all else, all these things that we've discussed, the specific attributes, just it's talent. That's what it is. You had control the middle of the field. It's it's, it's a guy, it's a guy who, you know, the decisiveness is great, but 
the ball placement, the anticipation, the accuracy, the strength, these are this is all falls in the category of talent. He's the he's the most talented quarterback uh the Browns have had in a long, long time. And he seems to be ready to take the reins. And you know, we're not gonna expect this week to week. No, he's he, not he, he did he did have a couple throws that were questionable, as anyone would, but he did throw one ball that definitely should have been picked and wasn't in the red zone. And he got strip sacked too. Yep. And he was lucky that it got picked up. He's not going to be without mistakes. The Browns are going to lose another game this year, yeah, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Probably many. But at least for one week, you know, it's <laughs> it looks like the Browns have really found their guy. And they made a comeback, too. They were down 14 nothing. He comes in the two-minute yeah, the drive. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing I will say about Hugh Jackson teams, is Hugh Jackson teams do not give up on their coach. This has I been mean, a tough that's, team this that's year. The thing that, that's the one thing you can say about the Browns is – even when they were losing all these games and we can, you know, we have slandered Hugh Jackson before in this podcast and said that we don't think he's a good NFL head coach. And we can hash that discussion over and over again if we want to. But a positive that I'll say about Hugh Jackson is that even when the Browns were piling up losses, the players played hard. They continued to give effort. And it seems like despite all of the losing the last couple of years, Hugh Jackson still has the respect of the locker room and he still has the command of the locker well, it's room. It's also a brand new locker room for the most part. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. But I mean, even the returners, you know. Yeah. But hey, you know what? This is Miles Garrett's first NFL win. Yeah. It's crazy. He and he also had a big impact in the game, having two sacks, beating the offensive. Oh, line he's a, a couple I times. mean, he's just Okenjobi you know, also was. How many sacks does Miles Garrett have? Four now and four. And three four games. Three games. And he's forced three fumbles or something insane. Mm-hmm. And Larry Okunjobi has been a great presence up the middle. Jannard Avery has been a big surprise. Both made a great coverage play in the Jets game and also can rush the passer. He's probably their second best pass rusher right now without uh, without Emmanuel Ogba. So, I mean, the young players the, for the past two drafts, whether it's a Miles Garrett or a Jabril Peppers or a Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, like a lot of players are making big impacts that are young players early on. Larry Okunjobi, Jannard Avery. Even mid-round picks we're finding are hitting. Like Larry Okajobi and Miles Garrett together, like I said last week, that's two pieces that could be built towards a dominant line. Well, and this is the, you know, a lot of people are are having the discussion on one side or another about, you know, this is what Sashi Brown, this is what his vision was, was you're so bad for a couple of years that you're able to amass high-end talent. Like, Miles Garrett never happens unless the Browns are the worst team in the league because he's he was the consensus number one pick. He is who he was supposed to be. And this is kind of what a lot of people are saying about Sashi Brown is Sashi Brown was terrible for two years, or the Browns were terrible under him at least. But that was really Sashi Brown's plan. I think the difference is, you know, Sashi Brown's draft record is hit or miss at best. John Dorsey, when he was hired, we said, wow, finally, the Browns have a proven talent evaluator, a man who is a track record of making tons of really good draft picks. And you're looking at Pat Mahomes right now for the Chiefs, who is the quarterback before last season that John Dorsey drafted for the Chiefs. Yep. Pat Mahomes has 13 touchdowns in zero picks in three games. And not only that, he drafted Kareem Hunt. He drafted Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He drafted Tyree Kill. I mean, if you look he at drafted the, Marcus Peters, right, Eric Berry. Right now, the Chiefs are the talk of the NFL, rightfully so. Their offense is just annihilating everybody in sight. 
the majority of the talent on that offense was drafted by John Dorsey. Mm -hmm. And now you look in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield looks like another hit. And again, we've seen one half of football and we're not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be a top five NFL quarterback, but he looks at least like a very capable starter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Denzel Ward and can Antonio Callaway kind of be, you know, a similar role. You know, it's like, he's, he's a guy who's got the character issues, a lot of talent, Gets picked in the fourth round. Maybe he could be the Sammy Watkins for us, yeah, I mean, like the Chiefs have. I don't think that, you know, it, it, the Browns are a long way from being the Chiefs. But the point is, right. we're able to see already, and that's the point you were making, is in a short period of time, a lot of these young guys that have been brought in by John Dorsey are making an impact. And to Sashi Brown's credit, like you mentioned, his, his last draft was by far his best draft and – you know, the point is, the Browns have, if not the most near the top of the list for young talent in the NFL right now. Like players under 25, the Browns have a lot oh, yeah. of... The Browns have just... A lot of red yeah. chippers. Yeah, they do. I mean, and they stole Larry Okunjobi in the third round. They got Jannard Avery in the fifth round. Both of them just played at smaller schools, which is why they dropped down in stock. And then you get proven players from winning programs like Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma... Heisman Trophy winner, like Denzel Ward at Ohio State, helped them when they were in the national championship picture. And then you get these other guys from the big programs. Miles Garrett played at Texas A&M for an SEC school. Jarrell Peppers for Michigan. David Njoku played at Miami, Miami, Florida for the U. Like He's getting a good mixture of high upside players that played at smaller schools and players that have played at proven programs that have played well and have shown that they have the both the elite physical traits and the mental aspect, because that's really been the biggest part is that the Browns have been not a mentally tough team for a long time. They're not hanging games, but the losing has just taken such a beating on these players. You wonder how is that going to change them? Denzel Ward has looked like a number one cornerback already. Like, is he that right now? Could I put him on every best wide receiver in the league right now? And he would do great. Probably not, but he is showing. I mean, he's already, he's, he's putting himself on the list for, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he's not going to get any help Certainly. for himself this week. He's playing Amari Cooper. And Bradley Chubb hasn't played that well yet. No, it's I mean, justified a, the decision. A lot, a lot of people, you know, trashed the Browns for not picking Bradley Chubb. And so far, Denzel Ward's been a better player. So, and again, this is three weeks. Yeah. And it's so easy in the NFL to watch a game and say, I saw it happen. This is what's true. But, you know, week to week, so much can change in the NFL. But either way, you know, it's nice to see... We, we all have said the Browns have all this young talent, but it's not going to mean anything until they start winning games. Well, they won a game. Yeah. Now, the question is, you know, we've got 13 more games, presumably, to assess what Hugh Jackson really is. Mm -hmm. Because Hugh Jackson made a lot of questionable coaching decisions the past couple of years. Yep, he did. And he didn't look like a very good NFL head coach the last couple of years. No. Nope. But it's also true that he did not have NFL-level talent. And, and he was trying to do two jobs, being the play caller and the head coach. Well, I think clearly that Hugh Jackson never should have been the play caller and the head coach. That and was luckily, clearly too much for him. Luckily, the Browns came in and w went out and got a coach like Todd Haley, who is innovative with his players. I think what we saw from Todd Haley is that he could only run certain stuff for Tyrod Taylor because of the type of quarterback Tyrod Taylor was. He was being very safe, and they ran safe plays for him, whereas with Baker Mayfield, they were letting it fly. 
And it didn't look like the playbook had changed that much, but it was the decision-making of Baker Mayfield that helped make Todd Haley's offense look so much better. I guarantee Todd Haley's excited as hell at Baker Mayfield's bet there now. He is, and I think he really wants I, – I think if it was up to him, if we had asked him in week one without any cameras around who he thought was better, I think he probably would have said Baker. Well, that's the question. That's 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 the question here, and we're, we're never going to know for, because we can't go back in time. But if you look at Hugh Jackson – and look, I agreed with the Browns' plan to go get a veteran – let Baker Mayfield learn. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's not going to be hurt by sitting on the bench for a year. That can only help him. And we've seen so many times the Browns put rookie quarterbacks out there to get ruined. And I thought, in theory, it was a great plan. The question is, Hugh Jackson's pretty much coaching for his job. Mm-hmm. Look, maybe maybe John Dorsey really means everything good he said about Hugh Jackson and has no plans to find a new head coach. But if, if the Browns go optimism, if yes. the Browns go two and fourteen this year, you're telling me he wouldn't be replaced. Well, I, I don't. And one. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> two thirteen and one. Maybe we'll have another tie. Let's get two or three of them. Why not? Um, if Hugh Jackson thought that Baker Mayfield was clearly the best option off the bat, he should have gone with that. Um, you know, because maybe he is coaching for his job. But I'm not really going to, you know, just. Dis- disagree with the Browns decision-making process behind Tyrod Taylor. It didn't work out like they wanted it to, but I don't think you can criticize them for the thought process. I, at the time I, we both said that giving up a, a very high third round pick was maybe a bit much. Mm-hmm. And I stand by that. Yeah, no, it was a little but bit I, probably rich. I, but I, and maybe if they could have gone out there and traded less for a quarterback or something, but I still agree with the thought process and that Baker Mayfield looks ready to play now should not be, you know, I don't think we should criticize the Browns for the process of bringing in a veteran just because Baker Mayfield looks ready to play now. Yeah. And this, I is, think- this is a, Baker Mayfield being ready to play now is a compliment to the Browns, not a detriment to the Browns. You know what I mean? I mean, he showed a lot. There was in the preseason, we saw a decent amount from him, but not so much that we thought absolutely like Russell Wilson did his rookie year. Where it was like, no question about it. He's the guy that needs to start right away. You're wasting time starting a veteran. Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good in the preseason. Baker, and part of this maybe was part of design, Baker didn't get any reps with the ones, so he never got a chance to show this type of anticipation and this type of throwing because he didn't have the playmakers necessary. Whereas when he's playing with the first team, he has a Jarvis Landry. He has the athleticism and talent of a David Nijaku. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that I will criticize the Browns for. Is Baker Mayfield not getting a single first team rep in all of camp? No, he should it's, have. That's insane. He should have gotten at least like twenty five percent of the snaps. It's, yeah, that's crazy. Like out of every, four I don't criticize reps, the Browns yeah. for having Terod Taylor. I don't criticize the Browns for starting Terod Taylor, but not giving Baker any first team reps in all of camp is ridiculous. Which speaks even more to how well he is preparing and how yeah. serious he is taking being an NFL quarterback. Which I think it helps that Josh Gordon's gone too. Yeah, I think I what really you do. said last week about getting him out of here before he, Baker had to throw to him yep. was really smart because I think you can plan, you can you can put your whole game plan around all week and have Josh Gordon heavily involved, and you just never know he might just not be there on Sunday. And I think that's what happened against the Saints. And I think what I loved about Baker Mayfield was he didn't focus on one player. He trusted Jarvis Landry in big situations, but again, you saw him throw to Duke Johnson, you saw him throw to Hollywood Higgins, you saw him throw to. Jarvis Landry, you saw him throw to Antonio Callaway, you saw him throw to Duke Johnson. Like he was spreading the ball around 
all the time. If he had had Josh Gordon, he might have fixated on that one player. Maybe not. Maybe we're giving not giving Baker enough credit for just that's what he was at Oklahoma as well. He was very big about spreading the ball around, and he did that quite well. Obviously, seventy percent completions, forty three touchdowns, six picks in his senior year, and he won the Heisman. It's just when Josh Gordon had that big year, Camber Whedon. That yeah. was the quarterback. Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon. And Josh Gordon in 2018 still isn't ready to play every day. No. And, it's, and again, we don't we don't we're not gonna go over this game. Yeah, we we, we discussed this last week. But I really do think that the Browns deciding let's get him out of here now before Baker plays. And I'm not saying they knew Baker was gonna play this week, but last week's podcast we said is it time for Baker Mayfield? We're not having the discussion yet. We'll do it if they lose Thursday. I think halftime Thursday might have been the move, anyways. Yeah, I think even if Tyrod, even if Tyrod was, even if, wasn't hurt, even if Tyrod Taylor didn't get hurt, I still think there's a chance that it would have happened. I was sitting there the whole game, yeah. especially once it gets to the second half. It was fourteen nothing. Nothing was happening. I'm like, yeah, I think it's time. And we and you and I, last week, you and I said like we're not having the Baker discussion yet because we don't, you know, we'll give it one more week, but. Their hand was forced, and the decision's been made when for them now. you consistently see a quarterback, as nice of a guy as Tyrod Taylor is, and a leader that he still will be in the locker room, which I understand why Hugh Jackson was a little bit more careful in handling the situation. Tyrod Taylor was elected a captain, so that's something that you take with great deal. He's clearly a big influence uh, in the locker room. So I think once you saw from the past few weeks the both indecision that Tyrod Taylor had throwing the football, and when he did try to make a big play, he got killed for it, two game-killing interceptions in back-to-back weeks, and then not being able to hit a single target for the most part against the Jets. He was seeing ghosts. He was getting hit. A couple of those hits were on him. The offensive line looked all out of sorts. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield comes in. Desmond Harrison improved, has improved greatly from the first week where he was just getting absolutely bulldozed. As expected, he yeah. wasn't ready to play week one, and they put no. him out there anyways. Honestly, Chris Hubbard has struggled, but he's – slowly improving the but the middle of the line has been strong but at, are we sure that chris hubbard's good by the way do we know this for we're sure? not sure and chris hubbard has struggled a little bit but i think with the running game look at how we saw once baker was able to attack the seams of that team that the running game became so important and we saw carlos hyde do what he does best and what i've said run out of the shotgun he was running those and it was the same plays that they were running with tyrod taylor it's just because Baker was making those throws, they had to honor those throws, and that caused five or six guys to be in the box, not eight or nine guys to be in the box. And that gave Carlos Hyde the chance to run downhill. He didn't try to go side to side like they were trying to do with him with Tyrod Taylor. He just went downhill. He bullied people, and he had a great game. He was trustworthy in the red zone. Like The Browns, the way they used their running backs this game was kind of how you would want them to use their running backs throughout the entire season. Maybe a few more Nick Chubb, but at the same time, if Carlos Hyde's playing well and you get Duke Johnson, those carries, some carries, they even gave him a few carries and he was, and he was productive. And then the pass catching key third downs. I think that's what you want from our running. And when Carlos Hyde inevitably gets hurt, we're going to see what we got in Nick Chubb. Right. Although last year, Carlos Hyde played 16 games. So maybe he's, it's it's a trend forward. But like you said, he did look pretty good, but that's, you know, he looked I'll, decisive. I'll, I'll say it one more time is when you have a guy like Baker Mayfield that can legitimately throw the ball down the field and make any throw, your running like game it. is going to improve drastically because the defense has to honor the deep pass. They can't just play. I mean, look, Tyrod Taylor is a starter. 
they're just playing nine in the box. You know what I mean? And not even just the deep pass. I think it was the passes to the outside, to the outside hash marks where he was like that great throw to Duke Johnson or the one to Hollywood Higgins or the other one to Duke Johnson, like beating him on the outside forced the middle to then to spread out, which gave more running room for Carlos Hyde. The Browns special teams continues to be an abomination. Yeah. Another blocked kick. Who is the Browns special teams coordinator right Something now? Something Amos. I forget his they name. They should just fire him. Yeah. Bring back I'm Chris ser- Tabor. No, I'm serious though. Like, like I have, I've been watching the Browns for a long time, and I've seen a lot of bad, stupid football. But I don't know if I've ever seen a, a worse unit than the Browns special teams through three weeks. How many block in the back penalties are they going to keep? Going? I mean, every return it's block in the back. is a block in the back. Or holding. And some of that is due to young players, but that's not an excuse. Um, no, that means you need to coach the players. Multiple better. blocked kicks already this year. Yeah, blocked field goal and blocked. Ball. The return unit is horrible. It's horrible. They're scared. I mean, they're they putting Jarvis Landry back. They don't cover well in returns. And they put yeah, and they they pulled the plug on uh, on peppers, peppers, and they put Landry back there on punts, and they put some it was, uh, ran- it was random guy on kickoffs. No, Callow. Oh, it was TJ Carey. Yeah. So. And at some point, and you I, can't put Landry back there. You're going to get him killed. I really hope that this week they put Duke Johnson and Callaway back there on kicks and punts and practice. Yeah, seriously. And move forward with with those guys at that position because those are guys. Or that, just Duke at both because Duke isn't getting enough touches on. Well, offense. we we, ha- we look. That's my point. Is Callaway and Duke Johnson are two, you know, scary in, in open space. They're really scary. And the Browns on offense have not found a way to get them involved as much as they need to yet. I think with Baker, you're going to start to see more Callaway because of that field stretching ability. But I think, you know, the Browns. Which was also one of the other drop passes by from Baker Mayfield. Yeah. It was a drop to Antonio Callaway that he threw right into oh, his hands. Yeah. Perfect yeah. throw oh, yeah. and a good route. Oh, it was but just bad, it was right bad there. hands. Yeah. Um, I just. Oh, oh, my God. Remember, you know, it's funny because. That used to be the only good yeah, asset. Yeah, all these years, the Browns were terrible and had Phil Dawson, Dave Zastadil, Reggie Hodges, Josh Cribbs. They had just incredible special teams. I mean, remember the Eric Mangini era? The Browns were freaking elite on special teams. Yeah, maybe and, the, and that back. was like the only thing keeping them in games at times. Um, and now and now the Browns actually have talent on offense and defense, and the special teams is just crapping the bed. At least Gordon good. Yeah, we have an average punter. Hurrah. He, um, he gets the ball. Oh, my God. The kicker made his kicks this week. He kicks the ball weird, too, though. Yeah. He kicks them like knuckleballs. I don't know, man. Like that one, that the one field goal almost missed, and then yeah. it, like, swerved from, like, right to yeah. like, left to right. But it was, it went, like, like, curved. Yeah, it curved. Ugh. It was weird. I I was about to scream when I saw the ball kick because I thought I was going to get missed. Well, the Cleveland wind has been a bad thing for many kickers. We'll see how this Yeah, so far looks. this year, the Browns' home games have not done them any favors, yet they – are undefeated at home. Yep. One zero and one at home. Yep. So far the brown the dog pounds a fortress. Yep. <laughs> one zero and one at home. Oh my god. Um looking forward. Well, the Raiders They've this got the week. Raiders this week on the road. The Raiders. The Raiders, I John think, are Gruden. like two and a half point favorites. We'll they see. Shouldn't be. We'll see which way that line moves. It should this just week. be a pick'em game, honestly. It's a road game though. But they're they have not won a game. They don't have yeah. a pass rush, which at this point, John Gruden's just kind of made a joke out of. He's like, well, I wish we could just get a pass rush. Well, you did. Have well, one. yeah, you but, traded. So him. going forward, you know, kind of coming off the high of this week for the Browns, they're going to be game planning for Baker Mayfield, not Tyrod Taylor. That will matter. 
Um, defense will have to do also well. the Browns are no longer going forward like we are desperate so we've never gotten a win in fact this week the Raiders like you said haven't won yet so they're going to be the more you know quote-unquote desperate team if you want to say that it, I think it's kind of back to reality for the Browns now because everyone around the league has been just watching the Browns every week because they want to see if this win happens the win has happened it was fun it was great but going forward a lot of the long-term questions about the Browns have still remained. So we'll see how Baker plays this week with a full week of practice. Not f- more than a full week, 10 yeah, days. Right. Hugh Jackson called this game a breakthrough. Yeah. And I think it very well could be. This could be a big turnaround. If the for Browns the win franchise. this game in Oakland, I really think they're going to look like a team on the rise. If they lose, they're very much going to be a team that has a, lot, a bright future but isn't there yet. They have multiple winnable games coming up in the yeah. next few weeks. They have the Raiders and the Buccaneers coming up. So yep. the Browns, if the they Browns can have win, a tough schedule second half. Yeah, they do. If, the, if if Hugh Jackson wants to win six or seven games, he's got to win some of the next few. And that starts this of, week. And part of what's this is gonna, a very winnable game. Yeah, what needs to be necessary is they're like you said they're going to game plan for Baker. Make sure that the offense is still evolving, oh, so man. that way he is not. Getting if he tries to make one of those quick throws, he doesn't get picked off. One thing we have to talk about is, you know, the Jets have a good defense, but clearly they were tired in the second half. Baker was running. It it was was well, and it was the third game in eleven days too. Yeah, the Raiders have. Look, man, Baker Mayfield ain't faced a monster like this before. Khalil Mack. Oh, oh yeah, they traded Khalil Mack. The Raiders' defense sucks. Baker Mayfield could have a field day. And we'll see if the Browns defense we'll can see. match up with against Derek I just, Carr. I just love the fact they traded Cleo Mack. What a joke. The Browns defense against uh. the Raiders offense is going to be an interesting one to watch. You have the, you have Amari Cooper against Denzel Ward. You have the linebacking core against some of their running backs, but mostly it's going to be Marshawn Lynch running up the middle. We're three weeks in and Ben Roethlisberger had a horrible game against the Browns. Drew Brees had what an average game. Yeah. And then and Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold look like Ooh, a rookie boy. He definitely has some promise, but a lot of his yards in the Browns game were just on that one screen pass that they kept calling to Quincy and Nunwa. And credit to Jeremy Bates, the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Greg Williams clearly was okay with letting them have it, and it pissed me off every time they ran that play, and they would get nine or ten yards from Quincy and Nunwa. And I was just like, are you going to stop it at any point, or are you just going to keep letting them throw screens? I thought they were just going to keep running that play. Well, you know, that's that's another thing to discuss is Greg Williams. I mean, I think – We've criticized Greg Williams a lot, rightfully so. Now he's got – Greg Williams always says the number one thing he needs on his defense is a pass rush and some corners that are decent. Do you know he barely blitzed in this game against the Jets? Well, that's the whole point is if you can get guys that – that's it. That's what the modern NFL works like now. I feel like that's the, my most overused phrase of all time, the mod, modern NFL. But if you can – if you, if, defensive if, if you can rush four and get to the quarterback – that's how you build a successful defense mm-hmm. in the NFL right that's now. That's true. And that's, it, gives, it yes. gives an extra seven guys to cover. And Greg Williams has more talent. This Again, this is the entire Browns coaching staff. They have more talent than they've ever seen. We're seeing results. But starting with the Raiders this week, we'll see just how much results we're going to see. The one guy that looked slow, and maybe it's time for him to get replaced by Jannard Avery, Jamie Collins. He yeah, yeah slow Jamie again. Collins has been... Yeah, he looked okay in the, against the Saints. The outside, the Browns have been getting toasted on the outside. The outside zone plays, like the running plays, the Giants, not the Giants, the Steelers ran them success with uh, James Conner. The Saints did the same with Alvin Kamara, especially in the red zone. They were running those outside runs, and he was burning us for touchdowns. Certainly, we're missing Bilal Christian Kirksey. But, yeah, Kirksey. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just the defensive line is so 
that's so pass rush centered that they're not sometimes holding their gaps in run coverage. That's one thing the Browns defensive line can improve on. Okunjobi and Garrett are great quarterback rushers, great guys at getting after the quarterback, but they have to still make sure that they're stopping the run because they were a couple times where they got off the field and they weren't able to stay in their lanes and run plug. And that's a big issue, especially for Miles Garrett, because they were running towards Miles Garrett a lot against the for the Jets because they were tiring him out and forcing him to play run defense. And for a while it was working. But once the offense was on the field and allowing the defense. As soon as Sam Darnold had to try and throw, yeah, Miles Garrett just over. went nuts. Imagine if the Browns get like a two touchdown lead one of these games. Yeah. Miles Garrett might have five seconds. And, and a half. that's the I mean, biggest just... thing with this quarterback switch. That could be a huge factor. If the Browns can score points consistently and put up 10 to 14 points in a court in a quarter at some point and put a team on their back heels and make them change their game plan. That could be where Greg Williams starts to get more creative with his blitzes, with his zone coverages, how he wants to use things, but also he might not have to because he has miles Garrett and Larry Okunjobi one guy in the middle, one guy in the outside that can just meet at the quarterback or one of them can yeah. break. Cause you can't double them both because if you're not, that's going to leave a Chris Smith or a Jannard Avery free to make a tackle. Chris Smith. Chris Smith has done a solid job. All right. But he, All right, is fine. he a game breaker by any means? No, but I, my point is you can't double both of them. Well, the Browns look like a new team with Baker Mayfield. They're one of the teams that aren't winless in the NFL. There's like five. Yeah, but it's back to reality now. We will see how they play in Oakland. And, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch the Browns, especially if they have a legitimate quarterback for the first time in a long time. Finally get to watch Baker Mayfield. This is what every Browns fan has been waiting for. No more excuses to not watch Browns games. It's, it's this, time. This has been the Baker Mayfield Sports Podcast. Uh, check us check us out, Tree City Records. Check out my Twitter at abaker underscore sports. Check out Graham's Twitter at G-T-M-O-H-I-N. We will talk to you guys next time. Peace.